For me, I think that books ultimately are the best way that you can get qualified people to become interested in you. You know, there's a lot of different strategies for lead generation these days. For me, a book is just the best way to build authority for your business and your brand. And it also creates the best kind of customers. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 1019. Today we're chatting with Chris Benetti from smartauthormedia.com. Hello, Chris. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, James. It's good to see you too. It's been good having you in my world. And I guess there's probably some people listening to this episode who are only listening to this episode because of you. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You're in the business of helping people who have books get the word out. I think that's a simple way that I look at it. And I actually uh, became aware of you through, at, at one stage you're in my community, so I had seen your name. And then when I see people in the community, I'm often looking for them on social media because I want to get involved. I want to know what they're up to. I want to know what their service is. I want to know who they serve. I want to know if they make mistakes as well. Because sometimes I can tap them on the shoulder. I actually think everyone needs someone in their ear to say, hey, I don't know about that last post or whatever. Anyway, uh, I saw you on the social media there and I could see you starting to post screenshots of results you're getting for book authors. And it was the campaigns you're setting up. It was the cost of the leads. It was the sales on the back end, et cetera. And that got me interested. And then at some point uh, we decided we should chat about if you could help me with my book. And of course I have a book, Work Less, Make More, sitting here in my little drawer, top drawer. I think if you have a book, you should always have it nice and handy. Work Less, Make More. It's actually about six and a half years old now. And it had a good run on Amazon it's, and it's going well on Audible, I think, because I have an audio audience. And it's a good book. I'm proud of this book. Kelly Exeter helped me put together the book. She's a fellow West Australian. You're over there in West Australia. Something in the water over there. <laughs> and we decide, okay, let's see what we can do with this book. And you came on board and we brought you into our Slack office. I uh, integrated you with my team and you helped me uh, get this book in front of more people. Now, there's a few things that, that we did differently with you that I've tried before and I think those are things I'd love to highlight in this episode if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. So in the past, I've tried running campaigns, but the hard part is to come up with the creatives, to sit down and write the copy, to then have the team or in some cases, people would be doing this themselves, putting together the landing pages and then setting up all the tracking and then going in and fiddling about with the online platforms to get the ads running. There's just so many obstacles. I mean, I just mentioned a half a dozen obstacles there that have stopped me before. And you can get people to do various bits. But what I liked about how you helped me is you just took it all over. Mm. You said, hey, I just need access to your ad account I need access to your web building platform. Now I use Click and that's spelled K-L-E-Q. And I was curious, you know, how well is Chris going to go with this platform? He probably doesn't use it that often because it's not as popular as the mainstream ones, but it was no trouble. And then you got access to my team who can provide things like pictures or where do I get this video or where do I use a bio from, et cetera, like all the, the bits and pieces that they go and gather things because when you hire a contractor, it always needs stuff. Mm. And one of the first things you sent through was a questionnaire. 
and it was asking me certain questions. And I wanted to make sure I sent that back quickly. Can you describe how important is that part of the process for you in your role? Yeah. So the question is the first thing that we ask for generally, because we actually use that to create all of the marketing assets. So the way that I structure that questionnaire, it's actually just questions about the book. I tend to come from a perspective of let's not overcomplicate things. Let's sell the book by using the book content rather than sales copy. And so the author, the person who wrote the book, spending 20 to 30 minutes filling out the questionnaire, that basically helps us create all of our landing page assets, all of our ad copy, even the creatives and what goes on the creatives, like the imageries for the ads. And so it's probably the most important thing I ask for when a new client comes on board, but it ultimately streamlines the process for us being able to create all of the marketing assets for the campaign. I loved the process because it made me revisit the book and to see what's in it. Because when you have a few years separating from when you create the book, you know, for example, I published the book before AI Mm. was a big deal. So that was obvious to me. Oh, okay. Well, there's some efficiencies that could be added there. However, reinvigorating with the book, it sort of reconnected me with the purpose of why I made that book. And that was exciting. So I've sent that across. We plugged you into the system and then you just go and do all the stuff. And I love that the most. That was the most important part of the whole process was that I didn't have to do anything. Mm. How did you go with the platform, by the way? So it was actually the first time for us using Click, but we've got six years of like as a team uh, skill sets in building in various platforms. So uh, for us, it's like, let's figure it out in the first day <laughs> and then let's get going with the actual, you know, task at hand. So for us, we're lucky enough. You had some assets for your book in Click already So we basically just did version twos or like updated versions in, you know, the aesthetics and the design styles that we like to do, keeping on brand, of course. But yeah, like once we kind of figured out the platform, it was about a week and a half, I think, after that, where we had a complete funnel and we're kind of ready to launch ads. Love it. So for the users of that platform, they can click a book campaign button, which is something I requested. It was for my book. Click the button, the book campaign's ready. I love how you so beautifully just said that you improved the aesthetic. So basically you made our clunky version of the book funnel much more elegant, (laughs) better sales copy. And of course you can duplicate funnels, which is good. And you can track them so you can see what's actually happening in the back end all the way through to when someone purchases. I love, love that aspect of it. To get to where you got to at such a young age, it made me curious about your background. I know you live in West Australia. I know you're married and you, you have a kid. A lot of people in West Australia are from the mining industry and understand you from that industry as well. Yeah, funnily enough, I actually did high school in Port Hedland, so I can be Bogan sometimes. For our overseas listeners, what does Bogan mean? Is is it like redneck? Yeah, it's like the Australian redneck. (laughs) There's there's definitely different shades of Bogan though, so, you know, I I like to think I was a good one. It's like mullet hair, flannelette shirts. Uh, yeah, love it pretty much yeah <laughs> so yeah I grew up in Port Hedland and um, you pretty much you, you naturally either go into mining or you go to Perth to do university and for me it was mining right I did that I quite enjoyed working with my hands I became a qualified mechanical fitter after doing it for a number of years 
but ultimately I uh, found my way down to Perth doing fly and fly out. I actually bought a house at 18 and just started getting sick of going away every week. I was with my beautiful girlfriend at the time, wife now, and we were just struggling. I was away for two weeks at a time and a week at home. And, you know, the money was great, but it just like, you know, money's only one thing, having something that you're passionate about and drive, um, having something you you have a drive for is much more important for me. And so like, as I was interested in property investing, that actually naturally led me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is kind of the gateway book for most of us. And then that led me to four hour work week and four hour work week led me to more of the internet marketing names like Russell Brunson and, and those kind of people. And so after I became qualified, I worked as a qualified mechanical fitter for one year in the mines. And then I ended up getting myself fired by missing a flight. And then I just went head first. I was like, this is the only opportunity I've got that, you know, burn the, burn the boats kind of situation. And I interned for a local marketing agency in Perth for someone named Kim Barrett, which is a pretty big name in Australia. And that really opened the opportunity up for me. Like I started working with a lot of big internet marketing names through his agency. I got really good at building and designing sales funnels. And so that kind of naturally became my strength and my tendency. And then over time, you know, led me to working with smarter and smarter people, bigger names. And ultimately I started working with Charlie Valor, who's been on the podcast several times, someone who James works quite closely with. And Charlie really helped me kind of start the foundation here for Smart Author Media, which is the most successful business avenue I've been in. And it's only been one year. So yeah, we're having some really good success with clients and um, ourselves as well as a business. I've actually been saying for years that someone should be serving the authors because every book on Amazon in the business section is a potential client. There's almost nobody specializing in Amazon ads for authors. There's lots of people doing the e-commerce stuff, but hardly anyone helping authors. Mm -hmm. And it was nice for you to be able to log in there and just tune up my sort of hacked together Amazon advertising efforts. I mean, I, I was exporting stuff into CSV files and looking for the good campaigns and getting rid of the old ones. And I let it sort of go on a maintenance mode for a long time, but it's rare to find someone who can actually look at that. But I think all your fitting and engineering experience probably really helps you with all the moving pieces of a website. It's like a virtual version of puzzle solving. Yeah, pr problem solving, because I specifically did breakdown maintenance in the mind. So like problem solving on the fly was something that actually was the biggest skill set that I took away from that industry. It's such a good thing. I mean, I came from the car industry and I brought across all the sort of leadership and management and sales and marketing and looking at numbers and stuff. And you've brought across the same skill set that was good for you in the old job, but in the new medium, now you can work from home with your young family. It's awesome. So why would someone with a book be interested in growing it? What sort of outcomes have you seen I've seen a few of your posts, which is what led me to becoming a client. I saw some famous names like Scott Oldford. I saw some of my previous alumni like Nigel uh, with his IT platform. So there was lots of people I recognized in the industry and I saw you were blowing them up. And why do you think that's so important for them to be putting a focus on the book? For me, I think that books ultimately are the best way that you can get qualified people 
to become interested in you. You know, there's a lot of different strategies for lead generation these days. For me, a book is just the best way to build authority for your business and your brand. And it also creates the best kind of customers, just like a podcast does as well. It's more of a long form. Um, Someone who's going to read your book is probably going to stick around and listen to more of what you have to say or read more of what you have to say or open your emails. I just think it it creates just a better potential customer for your business. For the, the guys that I have worked with and had success with, the main strategies for us is that you're just not going to make upfront money on the book. Like it's not going to be a moneymaker for you. Like a lot of people will try and sell you on. So definitely the way that we have intention to get the book out and promote the book for my customers is that this is going to be a tool for us, an asset for us on the front end so that we can create backend customers. If your book is good, if your book is giving value, creating value in their world, then there's going to be a natural, you know, like roll on effect from that. They'll want to work with you in some capacity. They'll want to check out your membership. They'll want to, you know, get consulting from you in the future. They'll want to see what other offers you have. And sometimes we do that direct in funnel, meaning, you know, as they're getting the book, buying the book, downloading the book, we'll give them an offer right away. Sometimes we'll do that with a follow-up, you know, emails or other ads. And sometimes, you know, we'll do it through, you know, sales calls and other things like that on the back end. So the real intention for any kind of author or business owner working with me is that we create an intense amount of value up front, like either giving the book away or, you know, selling the book with ads. Um, That basically creates the rapport with the person who gets the thing. And then if they enjoy it, then they're naturally going to want to learn more about you. They're naturally going to want to enter your world more and ultimately become a customer of yours. Yeah. I think it'd be worth talking about some of the things that happened with our campaign because I've got experience in the trenches now. Both you and I worked together on this. We decided to give my book away as the PDF version. It's always interesting when I run Facebook ads because I'm always ready for the trolls. It was still fascinating to me that some people will post negative comments even when you're giving away a book that you've spent hours working on and, and put a lot of effort into and you you know can have a lot of good reviews on Amazon and you can charge for it for six years, yet you give it away <laughs> and people will say, oh, that's BS or et cetera. And I'm like, Damn, yeah. <laughs> fascinates me. So one thing I'd say, if you're going to run any kind of paid campaigns, be prepared for weird people to be offended by that. It'll, it'll disrupt their pattern of life and they'll, just because they see an ad in Facebook, they spew vitriol. <laughs> Fascinates me. Do you see this every single time or, or just am I the only one? No, it's not just you, man. Um, <laughs> it actually frustrates me so much. I like, because I, obviously I'm in my client's accounts. I'm like, holding back my rage in response to just like people being stupid on promoted content. I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, if you don't like it, just keep scrolling. Like you don't have to be nasty. What's your preferred strategy with negative comments? Um, Honestly, like if it's ridiculously negative and has no actual correlation, I'd just say delete it and move on. It's not worth it. Yeah. 
I've sometimes seen my fans kick in and take on the negative comment. Occasionally I'll put a witty retort, but it usually takes me a day to think of something funny to reply back. (laughs) So that's one aspect. The other aspect is I would say one thing we really did learn is that the title or theme of the book is going to matter in terms of what it is that you're trying to sell. Ideally, in your perfect world, you would want it to be a very tight lane, right? As hyper-relevant and segmented as possible for the book to match the back end. Would you say that's true? Yeah. And I've got a good example for that as well. So work less, make more. There's not a very tight connection to the James Schramper membership. No, it's a, it, it was a general introduction to me book when that was the, yeah. that was the original. In fact, even the, the very original cover just had me on it. It was too much of an introduction. And then we pulled it back to more general, but it's fair to say that it's not a direct match to my membership, yeah. for example. Yeah. Because only a p- percentage of the people who get the book are ready for an online business like you are. Like you're my perfect client. You are a client, of a member of my community, but not everyone who reads the book would be mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I even read your book four years ago and I probably wasn't ready yet for, you know. So exactly, it comes full circle. You know, in, in a couple of years, all the lead generation efforts that we did will come for so that's point two is that when you're thinking of taking on a campaign and, and i'm not talking about whether you take on chris or any kind of advertising you could be talking about the sponsoring side of a bus or whatever generally you're going to outlay the money up front and then there's going to be a time period until you get that money back and chris already said that often the front end is not going to be the target right so we hear about self-liquidating offers and they do exist and they are possible, but they're rare. Generally, and from my discussions with Scott from Wicked Reports, he said it takes 60 days on average for people to break even across $1.5 billion worth of ad spend. Mm. That was their average. I suspect in my case, it takes longer than a year mm-hmm. because I'm constant with my podcast. I do have other books coming through eventually that are more specific been sitting on them (laughs) i really should this has motivated me to publish them (laughs) more specific around membership or more specific about revenue share or more specific about online business growth so those books would be better suited to what we're talking about here but so two main points first discovery was relevance really makes a big difference and second is you have to stay the course in terms of allowing enough time to see results come through because it could be a long sales cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so for someone who has a very tight offer connection to their book, someone like Nigel Moore, as an example. He's a great example. Nigel's got the most relevant book to what he's selling on the back end. Yeah. And he's only got one offer as well, which is what I love about Nigel as well. He's scaled simplicity to such a level where it's like amazing to see. And it's not even an expensive offer, right? Like it's just, it's such a stupid, like say yes offer for his vertical that it's just amazing to see. So for Nigel, as an example, we've sold over, uh, we've given away over 3000 copies now of his book, but within the first four months, we did a thousand copies and that actually had a direct correlation to his membership. We were able to create 15,000 in recurring revenue off the back of giving away that many copies of his book. Beautiful. So it was roughly like a five times ROAS on what he spent to get the thousand leads. And you've got to add in Chris's fee as well, right? So when you're on my side of the fence, you've got to think about you're going to pay 
for the person to run these campaigns and then you're going to pay for the ads. So the return on investment really needs to take into account the whole caboodle. Yeah. So we can point that out because it's easy to show screenshots with low lead costs, but we have to translate adding back in the fees and then considering the time frame. What I'm pointing out is this is not a day one return on investment and it might take a while and then it's going to depend on how relevant your thing is. But on the positive side, I now have, what have we got, 5,000 more copies of my book out there? It's close to 6,000 now. Okay, 6,000. Great. Good job, Chris. Uh, <laughs> 6,000 copies out there. What we have noticed is of those people, the emails are less responsive than my usual people, but you'd expect that because they're brand new to my world. So you have to take into account. We can work that out by taking our previous email open rates and our new email open rates and then we can see the differential and the differential is most likely sitting in the, the new batch of clients. Just for perspective, that's, that's kind of bumped our list up by about 28% or 25%. So just we've got a whole bunch of people we're working with. And in my case, I really do feel like it takes time. They get exposed to podcasts. They might see another book. They might eventually get into a position in life where they've met my minimum criteria because remember, I don't work with startups. Mm-hmm. There's a third component that we learned. And that is your conversion process will probably make a difference. If you do sales calls or you have setters or closers as part of your sales machine, you're far more likely to make this work quickly. I don't have a sales call in my process because probably like Nigel, I have a very simple offer. Well, there's two levels instead of one, (laughs) but it's pretty simple. It's this one or that one. And I don't have a sales process. And it's something that I might consider if I was going to go deeper on it because it would make a significant difference. The conversion rates on a sales call should be above 80%, mm-hmm. but the conversion rates on, on web pages or in email follow-ups are obviously lower than that. Is that something you've seen consistent with your portfolio? Yeah, definitely. The people who have like the bigger backend revenue numbers all have some level of like strategy call or way to connect them from becoming a book buyer or book lead to, you know, getting on a call with someone on their team. Huge. Now, what have I not covered that's critical to know? So just a quick recap, relevant book to backend, be prepared for enough time to play out for the funnel to work. And if you have higher level conversion devices, that's going to increase the return or the yield or the time, lower the time frame it takes to make a sale. Honestly, I think that's pretty much like <laughs> that's all the points that I try to put across. In terms yeah. of platforms, it seems you favor Facebook for this at the moment. Currently Facebook. So there's really two trains of thoughts. So Facebook, if you want to create leads directly from the campaign, if you're more interested in getting your book in the hands of people, then Amazon is a worthy thing to think about as well. And it's quite straightforward to set up and run. The downside with Amazon is that you don't get any customer data. So you're kind of getting your book into the hands of people anonymously. They can then decide whether they want to, you know, follow you up. Yeah. And it's critical in that case, I think, to have a call to action in the book to bring people to your email list. Yeah. Yeah. So like things like resources or bonus chapters or uh, James, you did bonus chapter, you did resources as well. Things like that ultimately will help them to see the value in coming over to your world, you know, getting on your email list. And even if they hit the URL, you could start a remarketing campaign, right? 100%. 100%. 
So I'm a big fan of the Amazon thing because it floats that book higher up the rankings and it starts to sort of auto-suggest when they buy related books. One thing I have done over time is bring on other book authors so that Amazon starts joining my book to their book. Because if my Mm -hmm. audience start buying this author's book, it's now seeing a pattern of recognition. Oh, okay, people who want this book also get that book and now it might show Mm -hmm. my book to the other people who buy this person's book. Yeah, I, love I learned that from Bond Halbert and it seems to sell well consistently, which is great. And of course, the audio version sells well. And I read the book myself. I believe now you could use AI tools like Eleven Labs to read your book with your own voice, but I'm still happy to have read it, even though it was hard to do at the time. It adds extra value. I've heard that's not very good for uh, accents just yet. You might be right. I haven't tried it. I'm, I haven't loaded my voice up into it. The other thing is, what sort of campaigns are you actually running? Because there's different ways you can approach it. I know that we have tried cold and, and warm and stuff. So you, you can do it in stages, right? Where you're firstly just giving it away and then maybe you go back and nibble at the people who have already got yep. the book or have visited the website. So we always do two levels, cold and warm. And ultimately, the structure of that is cold is essentially just open detailed targeting. So like, well, it's a variation. We'll test a number of different audiences, things like a lookalike audience of your current subscriber list or past customers, which basically means like people who are similar to the people that James already has in his world. And then we'll do detailed targeting, which is basically like people who are interested in this topic or this topic or this topic. So you can basically select a bunch of different detailed targeting options for me and business books. I like to do other business authors and other leaders in the space. And then you can also do broad targeting, which is another option, which basically means no detailed targeting. You're just using your message in your ad to try and see if people are interested in what you're doing. And you know, all three generally work in different capacities. Some people have more luck just by having no targeting Funnily enough, Facebook figures it out and they'll put you out in front of the right people and you'll get conversions the way that you want. So, but it's always a testing game. Like we never necessarily know what's going to work for the clients. So we, you know, we have our moves that we make. And then generally speaking, from there, we'll essentially have the different types of campaigns that we run. So if we're giving the book away for free, we'll run a lead campaign, you know, so we're, bit, we're basically bidding on the um, campaign, giving us leads. If we're selling the book, it'll be a sales campaign. And then from a general setup perspective, we always run one ad per ad set so that we can always test the targeting options that we have, either the detail targeting, the lookalike audience targeting, et cetera, to the specific ad copy and creative that we're using. If we run more than one ad in there, then we never really give the ads the chance that they need to be proven or disproven whether they're going to work or convert for the audience and the targeting that we're using. When you start running ads, you get contacted by Meta. They get in touch with you. I was overseas for the last three weeks and some lady called me. I think she, she might have been from India. And they said I qualified to get help from their account management. What's that all about? It ha- it's happened to me a few times now. Do they just want to tick the boxes that allow you to spend more money? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure. I've never connected with one, but we were actually, when I was managing Scott Olford's account, we were getting hounded by some team from Meta. Like they were just following up relentlessly 
And silly me, I asked them if they could <laughs> increase the ad limit for the account. And then that just gave them more of an opportunity to keep hounding. But um, I don't think that there's actual necessary benefits to their service. I think they're absolutely just trying to tick the boxes and like that's a part of their KPIs or whatever connects with X amount of business owners running ads <laughs> kind of thing. Nice. So what type of campaigns have gone well for you? And feel free if you've got some case studies to quote sort of numbers. I'm sure, you know, I'm curious, how much am I paying for a lead? How much am I spending to get these books out there, et cetera? And what other things have you seen? So you're paying far less than most people will pay for a lead, which I think we can put down to the fact that you've been showing up relentlessly for over a decade, giving value. The cool thing about running books for me personally, for my clients is like, if they've built up a good brand reputation, it kind of makes my job a little bit easier. So James, thank you for building up a good brand reputation. (laughs) (laughs) It's been my pleasure. Like, (laughs) Thank you for helping me sort of tap into that flywheel a little bit. So yeah, for you, you're paying like $2 a lead consistently at scale. Like we're not at scale at the moment, but like, you know, we've had a high amount of volume of leads come through. If we're giving your book away, you can kind of expect within the realm of like $25 or less over time, over thousands of leads. If you're selling your book, that number kind of goes from $10 to $60, depending on the industry. So that seems like a lot of money you know, $60 to give one copy of your book away. But the difference again is in the asset that we're running at the campaign here. Well, you're attracting someone who's just made a purchase, right? So you've got a list. Exactly. Of, you're buying a list of buyers, $60 a lead. Yeah. And then if you were to have a sales call with those people, about 80% of those will probably buy something at a higher price. Yeah. So it's all, it all comes back down to like the funnel metrics and KPIs. So like if we have a conversion rate of 10%, and it costs us roughly $60. And then we have about 20% of people book in on a call off the back of buying your book. So let's just say rough numbers, 100 people visit the funnel. We have 10 buyers. We have two people book in on a call and you've got 80% close rate. You're probably going to close one sale off of that. Yep. And if you're high ticket, you know, five to 10 to 15 grand, like some of my clients who are happy to pay $10, $60 per book buyer are, then it's going to be money all day. You're going to be, you know, successful overall with the campaign. And so it just, you know, for me, it's like more and more these days, I just make sure that my clients are at a level where they're happy to play that game, you know, where they're okay with a longer lead timeline, um, where they have a bit more sophisticated sales systems in place and they can kind of handle that capacity because I've just found the more times that I work with people who aren't at that level, you know, it's a kind of a mixed bag of expectations and people kind of get disappointed that they're not making money on the front end and all these kind of things. Would you say the people at the lower levels have the higher unrealistic expectations? 100%. Yeah. And most of the time it's always because they don't have the money in the first place to invest in, in the service or the outcomes that they actually want to produce. And so it's like it's not really a fault. It's just that they need to go back and figure out a way to increase their revenue so that they can, right? It's, it's exactly the same situation for the coaching that I do. And that's why I have a minimum starting point because it's just too hard and unknown and stressful mm-hmm. when you're taking all those risks. It's not that I can't get a result for someone who's starting out. It's just 10 times more work. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's a lot more emotions. And for you, you'll probably find your great clients are going to be much easier to deal with. 
hundred percent they are. Absolutely. They're just happy with you managing the campaign. And for us, it's like, we don't ever go on idle with our campaigns. Like we always are testing things every single week, multiple things a week. Like for me, it's like I'm invested in the results my clients get. And so like, I always want to drive down the lead cost, the, the purchase cost, and we will test, you know, vigorously <laughs> to make sure that we find the things that do win for our clients. Your case study social media marketing has been effective for getting clients. Certainly was in my case. Do you have a book? <laughs> I don't have a book yet. Um, I'm working on one of the 100-page books, just like similar to Nigel as well, but he actually made the recommendation there. So something that's a little bit more tactical. Yep. and um, More like the Dean Jackson style of book. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I call him a pamphlet. Uh, we, we always want he sent me a picture the other day because I just published a new pamphlet and, but it, he's so right though if you want a book that makes money it doesn't have to be a big book it just you just got to have the book so you've got a marketing tool in the the bow and how long will it take you to do a hundred page book and how much will it cost oh well it shouldn't take me very long I would say probably three months it would generally be like a process of working out my methodology and the processes that we run through at our agency and then just documenting that well for someone who is new could learn that and then ultimately you know pamphlet style like it would just be a a, here's what we do if you don't want to do it here's how you work with us kind of thing um and so like in terms of costs probably wouldn't need anyone to help me write the book you know it's all in my head already it would just be the design costs, the publishing costs, the editorial costs. And so I'd probably say you could be in for roughly $1,500, I'd say. Yeah, there's a few services for a few thousand dollars. We'll just extract it from you and you know yep. format and, and give you the design, et cetera. Uh, I think my friend Lloyd, he did one for his virtual do business that went well. I think he did it through Dean's company and it was good. It's called 90 Minute Books. Anyway, I think there's a big difference between having a book and not having a book. Since I've enjoyed business with both situations, much better to have a book. Great opportunity to get on podcasts, to be able to give your book away. is mm-hmm. It's a great joy to get the word out. They're hard to do, I think, for me, the mental barrier of the book because you know that you, it's out there. It's relatable. But the next hurdle really beyond that is like committing to – investing resource to see if it's going to be able to make a bigger profit on the back end. And that's what we've been talking about today. I really appreciate your insights, Chris. I appreciate you helping us with our own campaigns, getting us thousands of people into our world to talk to and the learnings and discoveries along the way. It's been a really joyful experience and great to work on together. What advice would you have for someone who's thinking this could be for them? Put it down to being a brand builder for yourself, put it down to creating value in the world. And if you have less expectations on direct ROI from a book, I think you're ultimately going to succeed much more than someone who doesn't. That's it. Cool. And I would say, make sure your book lines up with the back end. make sure your conversion process is rock solid. And however you run your campaigns, you just get good advice in terms of the creative the settings in the, the system, the pages, or make sure your tracking is there. Don't do anything without tracking, of course. And 
I think the big clue is something we talked about earlier on. It's the upfront brief. Even if you do it yourself, you've got to do the work in terms of what the book's about and who it's for and how it helps people so that you can get super clear on who you're solving that problem for and set up your targeting right. Been chatting with Chris Benetti from smartauthormedia.com over there in West Australia. I appreciate it. Thanks for being a member of my community. And also, I notice you've been answering a couple of questions for our members and truly grateful for that as well. Yeah, most welcome, man. Thanks for having me. This is James Schramko. 